this morning. I exalt you, Jesus. You're the beauty of my life. I exalt you. Jesus, you're altogether lovely. Oh, you're wonderful to me. You are exalted in the midst of your congregation this morning. Oh, we give you praise this morning. Oh, we give you praise this morning. It's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. After all has been said and done, oh God, it's all about you. Oh, we give you praise this morning. Oh, it's all about you. Oh, it's all about you. Oh, it's all about you. Oh, we worship you this morning. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. No wonder John the Baptist will say that I would decrease, that it would increase. You are the kingdom come. You are everything that we desire. When we look at our lives, oh God, we see you printed all over it. For everything about us is all about you. We exalt you this morning. Oh, the beauty of your presence. Oh, the beauty of your name. Oh, the joy of knowing you. For there is none that is as beautiful to us as you, Jesus. Thank you. You paid it all that we may be who we are today. We give you praise. And so when we hear it's all about you, oh God, there is something that resonates within our heart. Knowing, oh God, that everything is you. We worship you this morning. Oh, come on, lift up your hands with me. Just worship him this morning. Oh, it's all about him. 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 It's all about Jesus be the give you praise this morning you may be seated hallelujah can you hear me better am I good hallelujah good morning everyone Wow When I think about Jesus, I think about my life. Because we are all gathered here this morning, all because of Jesus. I have joy in my life because of Jesus. I'm excited to get up every day. It's because of Jesus. No wonder the scripture will say is altogether lovely. There's just something about Jesus. Good morning, everybody, once again, and on behalf of Pastor Bank, I just bring greetings to every one of you. Two things he asked me to convey. One of them is to express his heartfelt gratitude for everyone that rose up to be a blessing to the Jaja family. Um, from what he said, we went over and beyond what the family desired. 
And I just, um, that's good. That clap is to celebrate us and celebrate what God is doing. And when he said that, the one thing I remembered was the book of Acts, where the Bible says they all had everything in common. And when every one of us rose up last week, we all had everything in common. So what that meant is your pain becomes my pain. Your joy becomes my joy. When you celebrate, I celebrate. When you, when you cry, I cry. Because now we're a family that is neatly binded together. Amen. And so on behalf of Pastor Ben, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He also wants to use this forum to challenge every one of us. That just like Pastor Goodness heeded the voice of the Spirit, that this is a family. That as you hear the voice of God, God is saying something to you. Please do not hesitate to come forward, for you do not know whose blessing you're holding if you hesitate. So that just want to be a challenge to you. Whatever prodding, whatever God is prompting in your heart, we are family. I've learned one thing. I can fall in the midst of my family. I can learn to make mistakes in the midst of my family. As a matter of fact, whatever it is that I say, if I say it in error, I'm glad I can say it in the midst of my family because my family can correct me. Amen? And that's what this is all about. Amen? Amen. The next one is, I'm going to piggyback on what Pastor IBK has said um, in terms of the New Year's Eve. How many of you have had a wonderful journey all through this year? Hallelujah. Well, I hear Brother Joseph. I hear Pastor IBK. I see Pastor Shino waving. I, I just want to hear the echo of the house. That, that we've had a wonderful Wonderful year. Yes, Lola said thus far. Yes, I like that word, thus far. That means there's still some things that are going to unravel even before the year comes to an end. Amen. And so because of that, and because we have celebration in our heart, and because we're determined that everything that God has in store for us, we are going to go into it without leaving one thing behind. And remember, Pastor Banks said, I think it was in sometime in August, that every month we're going to have a fast. And that fast is about breaking unbelief and coming into the place that Jesus himself has prepared for us. Now with that, we want to finish the year big. If you think 31st is going to be big, I think that the days leading to 31st will be bigger than 31st. 31st will just be a celebration of something that we have begun. And so on... December 28, 29, 30, and 31st, we are going to be having a time of fasting and prayer. Uh, it's only that dance. The... Um, and it's going to be four days, 28, 29, 30, 31. We're going to be meeting here on Wednesday, um, on Thursday, and then on, no, on, sorry, it's on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then on Thursday is the 31st. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to meet in at 7.30 in the evening. On the 31st, though, we're going to be meeting here at 9 p.m. The doors will open at 9. Is it going to be at 9 p.m. or before 9 p.m.? The doors will literally open maybe at about 7 or 7.30. I don't know about you. I probably will be here about 6 o'clock because I want to take a very good seat. Yeah, because I don't want anyone to beat me to it. And I don't want any competition with it. I'll come at about 6 o'clock, take my place, just sit down and just enjoy myself. You understand? And just have fun. And if it's just me by myself until everybody arrives, it's still fine. But I'm saying that to say this. There's something that God is opening our eyes to see. And there's something that we're coming into as a family. And you know, the man of God and the set man said something. He said, there are some things that you don't apprehend except by praying and fasting. That's true. We do know that the fasting is not for us. It's not for God. It's for us. And that is to help subject the flesh to where we can hear what God is saying. And be able to apprehend that which God has said. So I want to just admonish us. That means we have almost a month to prepare, or even more than a month to prepare. Get excited in the spirit. Have an anticipation as you come into this fast. Know within yourself, you are not going to leave this fasting and prayer time the same. 
you are going to be a new person, you come to a new revelation, you come to a new understanding, and everything around you will be changed to the glory of God. We are free to break before we come at 7.30. In other words, when we come, you are... You are charged to break, and you can just take any fast. Some of you may even finish your fasting at 12 noon, at 1 p.m. There's no law to this. It's just as you're led and you're prompted by the Spirit, and according to what your body can take. You get what I'm saying? But you're free to break before the prayers, and also, more importantly, you're free to break before the 31st, on the 31st before 9 p.m. And the reason for that is you'll be so dancing and rejoicing. If you don't have enough energy within you, you're going to need the Holy Ghost and a double dose of the Holy Ghost to be able to get through with it. Amen? So the, 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 the admonishment is try and break your fast before you come at 9 p.m. On, um, on the 31st. How many of you remember the dates again? Please don't forget it. 28, 29, 30, and 31 of 2015. I don't know about you. And I know about you, don't let me say that. I just want to say together we're going to celebrate big and we're going to end the year big to the glory of God. Amen. 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 And so I come to the message. Father, I want to thank you this morning. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for articulation. I thank you more importantly, oh God, for what you're doing in my life. I thank you for where you're taking me. I thank you for the word that you've given me today. I thank you, Almighty God, that indeed, O God, by the leading of your spirit, I will speak your heart today, O God. I declare none of me but all of you. I thank you because I recognize that I have this treasure in this earthen vessel, that the excellency of power today will be of you and not of me. And so I thank you that every hearer in this house today, they are blessed already because Jesus, you're already in our midst. And because you're already in our midst, O God, we know we'll not live here the same way that we have come. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I had the opportunity this past few weeks to just keep reminiscing on this message of grace that we've been hearing. I know sometimes you whisper to yourself, uh, and I come to kind of like, I was listening to something, I heard something about, you know, it's like a season. And I want to say this to us that this grace message is not a season. It is not a nascent theology. It is the reality of God's love that the people of God are coming into an understanding of. So in other words, it is not a passing phase. It has become the message. Because the grace message itself is just Jesus in his entirety. So when you want to describe grace, you just are just mentioning Jesus. That's just what it is. Pure and simple Jesus. Because I've come to realize that I don't want to go back to the law again. Yes. <laughs> I sat down yesterday and I said to myself, indeed, religion and law has thrived only on two things. The illusion of time and the illusion of delay. I sat down yesterday and I thought about it. That that's all what law has thrived on. The illusion of time and the illusion of delay. I want to become like. I want to attain to. Not understanding that I am already. I am not attaining to. Everything that I ever, that religion has ever taught me to do. Fast well. Pray well. Study your word. If you don't get this, just do this. Just do that. Just do this. All, all it has thrived on is to give me the understanding that delay is my fault. You understand? And because it's my fault, I need to do something to be able to get it. And if in time I don't get it, I keep on holding on to it until I get it. So time keeps advancing. Maybe next year I'll get better. It's almost like our New Year resolutions. I'm going to lose 10 pounds next year. And you know, I didn't get it this year, but I'm going to do it next year. And that's what religion has done. It's dangled something before us, which we have already, we already have. And because we already have it, we are able to attain to what God has called us. However, religion has blinded us to the capabilities that we have as a people. Now, the message I want to talk about today is something that is very personal to me. Um, 
it's all about our identity in God. And I'm going to tell you how this message started. I think it was last Saturday, I went out with a couple of people, and this person was invited to an occasion, and of course, you know how you carry your friends along, you just tag along, hey, you know, if they're going to give you food, I'll eat too, you know, let's go. And so, we got there, and the person that hosted us was in the room with us, and um, the person that I went with excused themselves and left the room, and there was two of us left, there were four of us that went. The guy that was a host sat down on his desk, at his desk rather, and I, I sat down, the other person sat down, and I think he knew every other person except for me. And he looked at me dead on in the eyes and said, who are you? I kid you not. You know, it's a different thing when, someone, when you go visit someone and you go with someone and they look at you and say, oh, my name is Tosi and you are. I believe that's a polite way of asking somebody who they are, and knowing that they came with someone, at least just accord me a little bit of respect. You get what I'm saying? But the person looked at me in the eyes and said, who are you? <laughs> I kid you not. I started stammering. <laughs> I, I, I tell, I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you the truth. I started stammering, and I'm wondering, okay, I'm, I am... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the third person that was there finally introduced me. <laughs> and when the person that I came with came, and the person that introduced me and said, this is uh, Pastor Tosi, blah, blah, blah. Innocent conversation. I went home. And I sat down there after we got home, and I was trying to just, normally what I do is I try to just, after in the evening, reminisce on what has happened throughout the day and just, you know, thank God and just reflect on it and all of that. So I sat to myself and I, and I was wondering, you know, that guy asked me a very interesting question. Who are you? And yet I was stammering to identify myself. I mean, for the love of God, I could even just have said, Tosi Abidakum, period. But I didn't say anything. I was stammering. I now said to myself, hmm, that's an interesting question. Because really, even with all this grace message, I have not actually penned down who I am. Because all I could tell him was, listen, I am your, I'm your sister in the Lord, a blood-bought child, and by the name of Tosin Abidako. Simple. Because the truth is, if I do not learn to identify who I am, it's just an innocent question that an innocent person asked me that I was not able to answer. I mean, then you remember where the demon said, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. Who are you? Who are you? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, it, it was an interesting question. But that question begged for an answer um, that brought me to this message um, in talking about who I am in God. Because the truth is, if it's not him, circumstances every day is asking us who we are. Whether it's before your boss, it doesn't matter whether it's before your children or before your husband. Circumstances every day ask you the question, who are you? Because if you look at everything around us, the one thing that seems to be missing in the life of many people is identity. Identity is a problem we have. Everybody wants to identify with something. Hence, we go to the extreme lengths we go to to get what we need, beautify ourselves, whatever it is, there's just something in the human that longs for identity. And I want to tell you this morning, it's not something that is hard. It's just being things 
that the enemy has posed as a lie. This brought me to the book of Genesis in chapter 1. The beginnings of beginnings in verse 26. When God says, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Then he added to it, let them have dominion. But the first thing God did was make man in our image. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. What God did immediately was place identity on man. Simple. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And the reason for that is so that if you see man, you will know who man is. You understand that? Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. He then said the various things that man was going to have dominion on. And then in verse 28 again, God reiterated that point. If you give me Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 or 27. No, 27, I'm sorry. He says, so God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. Now, let's jump back to Luke chapter 4. When the enemy would want to tempt Jesus, remember the words he said to him, if you are the son of man. If you are the son of man. You notice Jesus did not even address that. He didn't say to him, Sarene, oh, I am the son of man. No, because that was the least of his own problem. It was man that sold that when, he said, when the enemy came and said, did God tell you this, this, this? And if you did this, this is what you'll become. Whereas man did not understand it was already what the enemy was saying that it was going to become. So man gave that authority over to the enemy. And so from that point on, man began to look for their own identity. And that is why the Lord now came, you now talk about where legalism came, religion came to where it says you can attain it, but this is what you need to be able to do to attain it. Whereas Christ came to redo all of that, that you and I will carry a new identity. Amen? Which is the identity that God started out with in the book of Genesis chapter 1. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness. Let them have dominion over this, that, this, this. Are you getting what I'm saying, please? Are you following me? I know I'm slow, but I'm deliberate on this. Now, if you look in Luke chapter 4, when the enemy came to Jesus and said, if you are the son of man, command this to do this and this. And Jesus did not give any credence to that. Look again in the book of John, in chapter 4. It was Jesus Christ's encounter with the woman at the well. She more or less asked Jesus who you are. Our father drink water from this well. She, she was asking Jesus a question she was not directly asking Jesus, which is, who are you? Our father says to us this, this, this. Who are you now to tell me if I drink from this well, I will not thirst again? She again touched on the identity of Jesus. All of the Pharisees and Sadducees, everything they addressed was the identity of Jesus. Who is this man? Who do you think you are? We know you. You are the son of a carpenter. We know your mother. We know your brothers. Who do you think you are? That you can come in our midst and tell us these things that you're telling us that seem to begin to carry audience with it. Who are you? And Jesus cleverly always answered, but never giving credence to the enemy to tell the enemy who he is. But then when he does anything, he will say to you, my father, my father, my father in heaven. He says to them, I know who I am. I know from where I'm coming from. I know from where I came from. And because I know from where I came from, I know where I'm going. He just had all the answers directly, every one of them. From the beginning to the middle of it to the end of it, Jesus had an answer for them. I know who I am. Who are you? He always asks them. And for them, it's always going to be about religion. About this is what our father says. This is what our father said. This is what Moses said. And that's why one time Jesus Christ told them, if you really read about Moses, you would have read about me in the first place. But because you are so bound by religion, 
You don't know who you are. You, are. you have put up so many things in place that block you from attaining to the things that God has called you to. And let you and I face this reality. Religious has held us bound for so long that even as we preach the grace message, many of us are still grappling to understand who we are in God. That's the truth. Because by the time I give you the attributes of lack of identity, you will see, I saw where I was. I don't know, you may be better off than I am. You understand? But I knew immediately I had an identity problem. When someone will ask me, who are you? And I'll be grappling for an answer on who I was or who I am. That's an issue. Now, look at it this way. Let's look at some of the characters in the scriptures that had problems also with identity. Look at Moses, for example. When God called him, his own problem was Astama. You understand? Until God says, okay, go. And then he turned around and asked God himself, who are you anyway? So when I get there, who do I say you are? Because listen, the truth is, the world is always going to ask us who we are. I mean, Moses turned around and asked God, the almighty God, okay, you, you are sending me, I understand what you're saying. Who are you when I get there? How am I going to tell them who you are anyway? And God gave him one of the profound answers. I am that I am. Fill in the gap. Because my actions will tell you who I am. I don't need to explain to you who I am. And that's how Jesus addressed it. You don't, I don't need to sit down and explain to you who I am. My actions is going to be able to tell you who I am. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1. God called him. He said, Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Jeremiah said, I'm just a youth. <laughs> okay, God said, let me bypass that one. I'm sending you on errand to do this. And it was his answers that made God know that Jeremiah understood it. Because God says, what, did you, what do you see? Jeremiah explained to God what he saw. Go to Judges chapter 6. The angel coming to Gideon. Oh, mighty man of valor. Yeah, right. Mighty man of valor. Where is the miracles that you guys have? He didn't even he, he, forget about the mighty man of valor. That one is the least of his problem because he knew that he wasn't a mighty man of valor. Let's talk about the problem that we have right now. Yeah. See, they told us our father experienced some miracles. So where's our own? Because for him, that was his identity. In that the things that they needed would have been supplied, those were his identity. And so again, the, the angel came and said it again to him, mighty man of valor. He said, listen, I am the weakest person in my house. The smallest and the weakest. How you come to me and tell me I'm a mighty man of valor? And listen, let me make a joke of it. It may just be the reason why he said that. You know, I know a friend of mine that boasts a lot. And he boasts when we're young about the fact that I will beat anybody. You know? I mean, so all of us were always afraid of him. I mean, this guy had words to say. I mean, gee, when he says it, you yourself, you almost like Goliath. You just run away. You don't fight. But it's a guy, you know? So every guy around in the neighborhood was scared of him. So one day, a new guy came to the block. That has never heard him talk anything before. So the guy went to the, to the street somewhat. And they all were in exchange of words. The guy just went, boom! They all started getting into fight. My goodness me, beat the living daylight out of this dude. I'm going, gee, really? My God, this is not really... So I'm saying to myself, it's possible Gideon may have been beaten by someone in the neighborhood. Hey, listen, I, I, I like to be a bit poetic, you understand? And I like to just picture a lot of things in my mind. For him to say I'm the weakest one in my house, Pastor, don't you agree with me? For you to identify that I am weak, there has to be something that would have happened for you to say I am the weakest. You can't just get up one day and say I am the weakest in my house. For what? Really? 
So I imagine someone had beaten Gideon. Maybe even more than one person had beaten Gideon in that area. And so now the angel now came and said to Gideon, mighty man of valor. Oh, oh. The last time I just, Caleb beat the living daylight out of me, you're calling me a mighty man of valor. And so he responded based on his own understanding of himself. This is who I am. I'm a weak man. I'm the youngest. And the truth is the enemy comes at us with all these things all the time. You think you're going to get out of this circumstance? You know, that's true. Because I remember my cousin told me they couldn't get out of it too. Theirs became worse. So the enemy paints that picture. And when the enemy paints that picture, what the enemy is really trying to say to you is, you are not who you proclaim yourself to be. Because when he came to Jesus, everything that he attacked, Jesus did. If it was healing, he did healing. If it was talking with boldness, he talked with boldness. Because Jesus knew who he was. However, the story now becomes interesting. When Jesus now said, greater works than these you will do. Because I have not gone to my father yet. And I want you to know this. I'm taking your place so that the identity the enemy stole from you, I'm giving it back to you. And the reason I'm giving it back to you is so that you no longer become a weakling in the sight of the enemy. So that you no become the wind that is tossed here and there. You become stable even as I have been stable. In other words, we all agree that as Jesus was, so are we. We agree, like, right? And the scripture also tells us that as he is, so are we on this earth. Is that true? Is that scriptural? Yes. Now, if the Bible says that, and Jesus said, listen, the identity that the enemy stole from you, I've taken it back. You are now the child of the Most High God, made in his image and likeness, brought together for signs and for wonders. You that radiates the beauty of God, nothing about you will the enemy be able to defeat anymore because I fought it all for you. And now in your place that I've taken everything, I want you to assume that victory. In other words, everything you thought you had lost, Jesus now said to you, you have it back now. But the truth is, because I have lived under this false identity for too long, I have continued to believe a lie in my head. That I am what I am not. If not, look at, um, can you please give me 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12. Profound scripture. Yesterday I read that scripture and it blew me. Not yesterday, sorry. Um, a few days ago I read that scripture, it blew me. Again, don't forget, we're talking about who we are. Please give me that. Look at what it says here. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. Do you see how powerful that scripture is? I'm not sure you grasp it. It says your eyes will open to begin to see now who you are. The way God sees you. That's what that scripture is saying. When I read that scripture, I was dancing all over the house. Because what the scripture is telling me here is the way God sees me is completely different from the way that I see myself. If not, Paul would not say I only see dimly now, I see in part. Because now when everything is revealed, Paul is saying here, I will see myself just as God sees me. A mighty woman of valor, a child of the most high God. The one that bears the image of the most high God. The one to whom no circumstances can daunt. Now you understand the boldness that someone like David will have in front of Goliath. 
that he will look at him and say, you this uncircumcised Philistine. Hear me, I'm telling you, I know who I am. And because I know who I am, this circumstance cannot beat me down. I am the child of the Most High God. A child created in his image and his likeness. See, Ecclesiastes says this. He says, I've seen servants on horses and princes walking on ground. You know why princes will walk on ground? Because they don't know who they are. That's the only reason why princes will walk on ground. I've seen this. Servant on horses. Princes walking on ground. Can you imagine a prince will sit down by the throne of his father and would not know the authority that he has? And he will go outside and people will toss him there and there because he does not understand the authority that he has. He does not understand to whom he belongs. Even in ordinary terms, when we speak to people who have some sort of clout, they will say to you, do you know who I am? They boldly tell you that. Do you know who I am? Because they have confidence in something. And just take this, that this is what the enemy wants to rob you and I of. He wants you lose your identity. Once you don't understand your identity, fear becomes inevitable. Once you don't know who you are, self-pity becomes inevitable. It's something you start stammering like myself. When somebody says, who are you? I'm going, um, who am I really? That's the truth. Because after all has been said and done, what God, what Jesus purchased is bigger and greater than what even I portray on a daily basis. Listen, Jesus is bigger than whatever it is I see in my circumstance or in my life today. He finished it all, y'all. He said it is done, it is over. If in the beginning God would say, let us make man in our image and after our likeness, let them be like us. They have dominion over everything. Listen. The one thing that can take away the grace message from you is the lack of identity. Take my word. It is the lack of identity. It's the demons who say, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Okay? Let's talk about this. Give me a clue who you are. I don't have a clue. Now I understand why Hebrews will say, do not lose your confidence that has a great recompense of reward. Because knowing who I am develops confidence within me. Yes. Yes. The enemy can no longer lie to me. You can't tell me I am not what I am when I look in the mirror. The Bible tells me that we look in the mirror of the world. The only mirror we have is the word of God. The word says to me, I am beautiful. Why would you tell me I'm not beautiful? Wow. Who are you? Did you create me? I looked in the mirror today. It says I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And you look at me and tell me I'm not fearfully and wonderfully made? Who are you? I looked in the mirror today and the mirror says I'm blessed. And you want to tell me I'm not blessed? Who are you? I know who I am. I know to whom I've come. I know the stream from where I flow. And because I know the stream from where I flow, you can't can detour me. That's the truth of identity. Yes. That is why you look at prophets that are grappling with their own identity. Look at Elijah. With everything that he did, he heard the sound of Jezebel. <laughs> Where's Elijah? He's missing in action. Because he didn't understand who he was. I'm saying to you, the problem we have is the lack of understanding of who we are. No wonder Paul will say, I know whose I am and to whom I belong. 
there's just something about the words of Paul. It's interesting. It incites encouragement within. That is why sometimes we may have issues and we're trying to pray over them. They are not coming to pass. Have you ever been in a place where you're praying? Let me explain to you where I used to pray. I'll pray for this thing to be white. So I'm seeing purple. Okay? I come to church. They say to me, just pray. So I get home. I'll shut my door. Rema sakabro. I bind you, Satan. You can't touch this thing. Who are you? Da, 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 da. Then I go out again, the thing does not move. <laughs> Satan, you're a liar. This thing will not move. Da, 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 da. The second day, the third day. The fourth day, I change my prayer. But God, you are, you are God now. Ah, come on, I'm your child now. Uh -uh. You did not say you are going to do this for me. Eh? Eh? Now I know the Bible says that you heard the prayer of your people when they cried. Now I need to cry. <laughs> Gee, Jesus, why you not see me on this one? Uh -uh, come on, what did I do? Did I not apologize about the sin that I committed the other day? Uh -uh. Jesus, take it easy on me. What is it? Is it only me? Am I the only one that will carry all this burden? Lack of identity. So now when the circumstance refuses to move, we now think that we've fallen short of who we are. And really, that's what the enemy is looking for, really. He said, ah, so I did not tell you. I told you. Let's just look for plan B. Because it seems as if God is not going to be interested in your own issue at this point. You know, I say this thing all the time. It will be a letdown if my son wants to eat and comes to you. I say, Sarene, I'm hungry. And he lives in my house. And he comes morning, afternoon, and evening to eat in your house. Isn't it abnormal? Isn't that abnormal? Completely abnormal. Really, that's what lack of identity does. It makes us begin to look elsewhere rather than whose we are. And who has purchased it all for us? That is what lack of identity does. Then we begin to see men as trees. There is no clarity to anything. Because I don't know who I am. And listen. It has been, it has been finished. It has been completed. I don't care what the enemy stole at the garden. Jesus Christ has given it back. Yeah. I am no longer that fearful person. I'm no longer that person that basks in pity party. I am the child of the most high God. The Bible says he has made us as kings and priests. If I understand that I'm a king and I'm a priest, I mean, what moves me? And that's why I say religion has thrived on two things. The illusion of time and the illusion of delay. And that's why the religion keeps helping us to find out who we are. We're trying to find out who we are. Whereas in grace, we are who we are already because of Jesus and his finished work. When the Bible says he snatched away from the enemy... The keys of death, the things that the enemy has held over me, my identity, is snatch it away. And he says, now I am, the, I am the entire thing that you're looking for. Everything that you want, I am the embodiment of it. So Jesus is saying, if you need healing, focus on Jesus. If you need provision, focus on Jesus. That is my identity. I am complete in him is not a flippant statement. I am complete in him means everything that you see in Jesus is in me. I said to someone the other day, I said, I am grace. And they looked at me. What does that mean? 
I said, I am healing. What does that mean? I am life. What does that mean? And he said, yeah, I can understand what you say. Jesus that lives in you is life. You see, you see, I said, you see, that's the problem of the identity. If he's in me, is me already. Does that, does that make sense? Therefore, my one plus one is one. It's not two. If Jesus is in me, is me already. And because he is me, there is nothing that I desire that I can't have. No wonder I mean. I'm telling you, there are some things in the scripture that baffle me. They say pay tax. He said open the mouth of a fish. Do you think I'm capable of doing that? Right, Joseph? I should be able to. I like the way, but I just said, post the answer. I should be able to. In other words, don't put me on the spot. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not just that I should be able to. It is what I do. Well, because we don't know who we are, if I say to this mountain, move, and it doesn't move, nah, nah, I'm not sure I've got that thing, really. If I pray for this need and it does not come, nah, I'm not sure. I don't know about what Tosin has been saying, man. Maybe she's just in a different world. That's true. I said it of myself, too. You don't need to say it of me. I say it of myself. What are you talking about, anyway? That's the truth. But now I'm saying to you, I'm beginning to understand who I am. The who I am, I did not make it. Someone paid for the who I am. Amen. It was a deliberate thing. It was a well-thought thing. Someone decided to do it. And because they decided to do it, I can identify with it. Because I knew in mind of myself, I couldn't pay it. I was, I've been beaten every day anyway. What am I saying to us? When you leave here this morning, the only lie the enemy can tell you is to ask you again, who are you? And begin to paint a picture of who you're not. The other day, I, I, I was a bit angry. And I said some things in the spirit. Okay, I said some things in the flesh. <laughs> okay, let me put it right. I said some things in the flesh. As I was leaving and... The enemy said, oh, here we go. I tried to beat me. But you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to God. Hallelujah. So I turned around and I looked at him. I said, oh, please. That doesn't define me. Do you know the price that was paid for me? That? You're going to define me by that? That? That's not who I am. Amen. Oh, before I would have gone into the room be repenting, be feeling guilty, deprived of joy, deprived of life. Now, that does not mean I luxuriate in it. Please, don't get me wrong. It does not mean I luxuriate in it, but however, I refuse to be condemned by it. Yes. Because here I am, the image and the likeness of God. Yes. Listen, I am the trophy of God's triumph. Let me put it that way. <laughs> you know when you, when, you, when you win a battle or when you go to boxing ring and after you've done, they give you a belt. Listen, you and I, we are God's trophy. When God displays today, all he looks at is you and I. Satan, this is my victory. Rene, Marie, Patrice, Stefan. Oh, come on, Greg. These are my trophies. And if you know that, nothing can change it. Oh, come on. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That is who we are. We are not defined by our circumstances. We are not defined by our behaviors. We are only defined because he paid the price. 
How dare you, Satan, call me who I'm not? The image and the likeness of God? The beauty of God? The display of his splendor? Say that. I am God's prized possession. Yeah. <laughs> oh, listen. These are the things I say. Listen, I don't, I don't, it's not because I say them they are it. They already eat whether I say them or not. Right. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So because I say to myself, I'm a child of God, does not now make me a child of God. I'm already a child of God. I have just only come to the revelation that I'm a child of God. That is my identity. Oh, just because I'm not driving a Lamborghini, you want to tell me I'm not rich? Really? You know, I mean, we, we laugh at these things sometimes. But I'm telling you the truth. This is how the enemy defeats us. Mm -hmm. You're driving a 2003 BMW. Mm -hmm. Well, unfortunately, you're not seeing through what I'm seeing. If you see what I see, and if you know what I know, you will not define me by the vehicle I'm driving today. You will know that I'm the child of the Most High God. My father is the owner of the cattle upon a thousand hills. You can't define me by what I presently have. It is not possible. Someone purchased the price for it. It became poor that I through his poverty will become rich. He bore my sickness upon his body. So when I look at sickness, I know it's a temporal thing. Because the things that I see are only temporal. And the things that I do not see, they are eternal. And because I zero my eyes on Jesus, it is only a matter of time because these things manifest. <laughs> Who are you? You are looking at the most blessed woman upon the face of the earth. Because somebody saw it fit to call me blessed. Someone decided to pay a price for me to be blessed. Someone decided to pay a price for you to be blessed. You are not who you are right now. You are not ordinary. You are a child of the Most High God. Listen, I'm looking at every one of these faces that are here today. And I see beyond what I'm looking at here. You are above and not beneath. You are on top always. You are born to soar. You are born to excel. You are born to succeed. You are born in the eyes of God to be what God has called you to be. That is your identity. Let us make man in our image. After our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the cattle of the ground. Everything that they proclaim with their mouth will come to pass because of who they are. That is who you are. And that is the truth I want you to hold on to. Your circumstance don't define you. Your behavior don't define you. You are defined by the finished work of Jesus. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. When God thinks of you, he sees Jesus. That is why Paul will say that I, may know, I will know eventually as I am known. In the eyes of God, do you know how God sees you? You are his trophy. You are the apple of his eye. He beholds you in love. There is nothing you will do that surprises him. He's already captured it all. Because he loved the world when the world was wallowing in sin. So one of the things that helped me appreciate the grace message, you know why? If he loved me while I was in sin, that means he must have factored it all, don't you understand? Amen. Amen. And so I mean, hey, 
Why am I not going to be thinking about the one for tomorrow? He factored it already. He already knew I was in sin. I was a mess anyway. You get what I'm saying? So he already knew that tomorrow you'll be a mess anyway. The day after you'll be a mess. So why don't I capture this thing and make this person the most blessed person on the face of the earth? Listen, the next time the enemy comes to you, let him know who you are. I am the striking resemblance of him. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, listen, the Bible says it does not yet appear what we'll be like. He said, but when he is revealed, we shall be like him. He said, he that has his hope purified himself even as God is pure. It does not matter what you see now. I'm telling you what I see. I see a blessed child of God. I see a child that works in divine health. I see a child that is favored of God. I see a child that is blessed all around. I look to my right, I am blessed. I look to my left, I am blessed. I look behind me, I am blessed. I look ahead of me, I am blessed. Everything around me, everything about me, lift up your hands this afternoon. Everything that I am, everything that I hope to be, it is called blessed. siblings that are blessed with me I want you to lift up your hands this afternoon hey Someone asked me this question. How do you want to celebrate Thanksgiving? And I know we're about to enter the Thanksgiving week. Hear me, Sarda. I'm not celebrating Thanksgiving because of the many blessings I've received this year. Even though they are real. You know what I celebrate? My completeness. You know what I'm thankful, God? My completeness. Pastor IBK, because in understanding of my completeness, every other blessing will follow me. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Let Thanksgiving be a different form of celebration for you. You celebrate. Not because you got a promotion. Not because you're healed. Not because that particular thing you believe for God has given you. Hey! I am thankful because I am complete. I am thankful because I am complete. Hey, stop, Patrice. Out of that completeness flows every other thing. Because when you say you are complete, do you need any other thing? I want you to lift up your hands with me this afternoon. Hallelujah. Hey. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And this prayer, Thank you, I don't want you to pray it just like any ordinary prayer. Thank you, Father. I want you to talk so boldly. Yes. Let me give you an example of boldly. Yes. Somebody was praying. And I enjoyed their prayer. And they came and said, I thank you, Father. I'm the king. I thank you, Father. I look at myself and I'm blessed. Because you're blessed, I'm blessed. I thank you, Father, because I see my radiance. And it looks exactly like you. I thank you, Father, because nothing stops me. Because you live within me. And you're the treasure that is within and I treasure this treasure that is within. Yes. And so, Lord, I thank you. Yes. That which you have called me to apprehend, I apprehend. Yes. I realize that my blessings are secondary because they are already encapsulated in the finished work. Yes. And so this afternoon, I thank you that goodness and mercy, they follow me. Follow me. Yes. Lord, I look to my right, I see goodness and mercy. Yes. I look to my left, I see goodness and mercy. Yes. 
I thank you because I lack nothing because Jesus lacks nothing. It is because when you look at me, you see Jesus. That's how I want you to pray this afternoon. And as you pray, I want you to also be thankful that because you are complete, by this time next year, as you celebrate Thanksgiving, it will be with greater dimensions of blessing. Not because God is about to bless you, but because you are blessed already yes. and your eyes are open to see the magnitude of the blessing that God has set apart from you. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands this afternoon and just begin to talk to him. Begin to tell him, I know, Lord, that I know that I am the striking image of the Most High God. I know that I know that Lord God Almighty, you have blessed me all around. For you said, let us make men in our image, after our likeness, that they will have dominion in everything. Lord, I thank you that I walk in dominion. I thank you, my God, that Lord God, nothing changes me because my eyes are focused on you, the most high God. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for the many blessings that you have reserved for me. I thank you. All of my blessings that are all encapsulated in the finished work. I thank you. I thank you, Lord. I give you praise. I give you praise. Lord, I am blessed, oh God. It's not because I confess I am blessed. I am blessed because you have already blessed me. And Lord, I open my eyes. I see your blessing all around me. You call me blessed, therefore I know I am blessed. I thank you. I give you praise. 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 I am a blessed child of God. I give you praise. I lack nothing. I give you praise. Now, I want you to pray prayer. Jesus said, if you have faith, you will say to this mountain. But you know the thing about faith that I like again? It's not even my faith anyway. He said, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of, did he not say of? Did he say the faith of Tosi? No. It says the faith, I like the thing about myself. Everything about me is not my own. So, I live by the faith of. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author. So, if somebody utters something and finishes it, has it anything to do with me? From the point of view, of a king. From the point of view of the child of the most high. I want you to do something. I want you to speak to your week. This week. This week. What is it that you're looking to see this week? What is it that you're looking and believing God for? Thank you. This week. What is it? What is it? The thing you're looking God to do this week. Jesus said, and you will say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. He says, nothing will be withheld. Jesus said, hitherto have you not asked anything in my name. He said, ask that your joy may be full. Listen, you're not asking your name. You're asking in the name of Jesus. He told you to ask in that name. He said, because you bear in my image now. You just ask. You just speak it. Whatever you want this week, I want you to begin to speak it now. Lift up your hands. Just begin to speak. Whatever you want to see this week. Speak it. Speak it. Speak it. Lord, my week is blessed. My week is favored. Men and women I don't know will fish me out this week. Lord, this week is a week of testimony. Goodness and mercy follow me this week. I declare this week my head soars higher. 
I declare this week my joy overflows. I declare this week in all that I lay my hands on, it is blessed. I am the child of the Most High God. I have been made in His image. And whatever I speak will come to pass. Because greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Father, I want to thank you this afternoon. We thank you for your word that has come to us. We boldly stand this afternoon because we know whose we are and to whom we belong. Written all over us, oh God, is your finished work. Your word declares we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Your word also declares that Lord, blessed be God who causes us to triumph always. Father, we know even as we have been known by you. And so we stand in front of every crooked way. We declare be straight in the name of Jesus. We declare in front of every mountain be made level in the name of Jesus. We declare that our paths are blessed in the name of Jesus. For we know with confidence like David will say, he says surely goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Father we declare goodness and mercy follow us this week. Lord God we are oh God indeed the, the fragrance of God that is diffused everywhere. Father, we bring forth the aroma of blessing. We bring forth the aroma of healing. We bring forth, oh God, the aroma, oh God, of our completeness in you. Father, this afternoon, that which my sister and my brothers have spoken, we together as a people of God, we call ourselves mighty men and women of valor. Men and women that have been made for signs and wonders. We declare this week, it is so in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. As we come into this week of Thanksgiving, we celebrate Thanksgiving like none other. Lord, we thank you for the many blessings. Thank you for how you have blessed us. We are grateful. We rejoice in them. But, Lord, above it all, we thank you that we are complete in you. And Lord God, we are thankful for this. You choose to make us complete. You pay the price to make us complete. You look at us as a people completed. You look at us as nothing missing. And so Father, we are grateful. We celebrate your blessing with it. We bless your name for it. We thank you for healing in this body. We thank you for wholeness in this body. We thank you, God, for blessings beyond our imagination. For you're the one that does exceedingly, abundantly above that which we think, oh God. We thank you that you came and you gave us life and life more abundantly. We walk in life more abundantly. We ooze life more abundantly. That it is said of us, we are the children of the Most High God. We look like our Father. We talk like our Father. We behave like our Father. We give you the glory and the praise. We honor you, O oh God. We magnify you. Somebody that knows who they are, I want you to lift your hands this afternoon. Give him praise. 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 I know who I am. Give him praise. Give him praise. Hallelujah.